And uh, Brother Abernathy went to Africa with his missionary parents, Charles and Janet Abernathy. And he graduated from the Bible College in Cape Town, South Africa, and remained there until 1982 when he returned to the States to evangelize one of my very first extended times with Brother Abernathy. I was the youngest of the group, one of the youngest of the group, the youngest preacher of the group, 18 years ago in 2000 when we went to South Africa, and he picked on me relentlessly. Uh, so I don't expect things to change much, but uh, we have had a good time. How many of you remember whenever I, I preached a message, you probably don't remember this, but I got inspiration from Brother Abernathy on getting your can on the right side of God. Anybody remember that? Because the Israelites asked, can God? And I said, you, you need to get that can on the other side. Amen. You got to get your can on the right side of God. Amen. But that was inspiration from Brother Abernathy. He's got about a, a, a bazillion of those. And uh, we're glad to have him with us today. It's our privilege to welcome Brother Brian Abernathy. Amen. Our UPCI Global Missions Promotional Director. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Dummett. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you, somebody may not come to this church in the years ahead, but it won't be because there are not friendly people here. My God, there were 900 greeters out there. When I came in the door, wore my hand out. I thought to myself, my, if I ever have to pastor again, Maybe I shouldn't say it that way. If I ever get the privilege to pastor again, I want to have 900 greeters out there that by the time they come in here, they're so worn out, they just want to pray through. In Jesus' name. You can be seated for a minute. We're going to go over this card with you. Your pastor has already done a magnificent job. Uh, where is Gerda, Tyresha, and... Uh, Lisa, yeah. They're on that side. Hang on. I'm coming over. And we know who Tyresha is. Where'd she go? She's next door. Are you Lisa? That's Lisa. That's right. Great job with the prayer thing this morning. That was wonderful. I enjoyed that. Great job. Who is Gerda? You're Gerda. You all did an incredible job. I may call on you to make a magazine for us in the future. What a great, what a great, wow, great job, great job. So um, my job here today is a little bit several folded, but I'm going to do my best just to go as quickly as I can. I'll do my best to get done it within two and a half hours and we'll be out of here. I can't make it two and a half hours. Don't be worried. The ushers are passing amongst you right now. They're going to hand out these faith promise cards. Now, you've got a different one from your church, correct? You have the same one? Okay, these. Please take one of these and look at it very quickly, very carefully. And the ushers will give you one. Young and old alike. When I was pastoring in both Tallahassee and in uh, Bloomington, Indiana, I had our young people. How many know what an allowance is? See, that was all new to me. We didn't get allowances. We had to mow lawns. Sorry, I grew up in a different generation. But I figured since they were getting free money, well, the government asked for it back. Why not give it to God? So I had our young people start taking on missionary uh, commitments for a dollar a month and they started with a dollar a month now those young people are grown adults with their own children but they're already supporting their own missionaries because they learned at a young age that giving is not just predicated to the amount of money you have it is predicated to the heart that desires to do something for the kingdom of God so everybody can get involved in this young and old alike if you're elderly and you're on a fixed income, some of the greatest givers I've ever seen in my life were widow women on a fixed income. 
who felt the need to help the work of God spread across the world. So don't ever underrate yourself. God uses God, you, his tool chest is full of simple things. He uses sticks. He uses slingshots. He, he uses little things of bread called manna. He uses rocks. He, amen. God uses simple things to bring about and wrought great miracles upon mankind where He gets the glory. And that's what this is all about, giving God all the glory. Amen? So on this, if you will fill your name out on this, I, I don't expect your pastor needs your address. We're not sending anybody to you. You will not get a done in the mail. This is not what this is about. And I'm going to set your mind at ease. I'm not here to take any money out of this church. Everything you raise today stays in your local church, and you decide where it goes to what mission. Isn't that great? Somebody from headquarters not taking your money? That's a miracle. Let's just thank God for miracles, right? A miracle all by itself. I have sat here this whole time wondering how those fans work. <laughs> Sorry, things like that really catch my attention, and I'm thinking, they don't just jump around those big boards. <laughs> okay, let's get back to the subject here at hand. So don't fill out the amount yet. We're going to stand and pray and ask God to lay on our hearts during this service what He would have us to give to His kingdom, what He would have us do for His kingdom. As you can see, only $300 brings somebody to the knowledge of the truth. $300, what an economy for less than a nice dress or a nice purse or a nice suit. You can save a soul just by giving. This church, just by giving, doubled its attendance. That's incredible. It's hard to fathom. But God has made a way and a simplicity for the church to be involved in reaching souls overseas. And I'm going to talk a little more about that. But I would like you to stand with me and we're going to pray together and hold our cards and ask God to talk to me during this service. Would you, would you honestly ask the Lord, Lord, I want to be a conduit of your spirit and of your overabundance. And I want you to lay on my heart today what you would have me to do. And how many believe God will answer that prayer? How many had God supply needs before that you knew were a miracle? Because every one of us, God has supplied again and again. How many know that for his kingdom, because the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So what we're doing today is completely biblical. And I'll explain that to you too as we go along. Would you pray with me? In fact, why don't you just pray for your neighbor beside you? Let's pray for husbands and wives. Let's pray for friends. And let's ask God to lay on our hearts today what he would have us to do. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your spirit. We've felt in this house so mightily the glory of your hand, the beautiful worship, the friendliness, Lord, the care, the love of your kingdom. We're not here by chance, Lord. We're here by your hand of divine providence. I pray that you would lay on every heart that is here, young and old alike, your will for our work in your kingdom in the days ahead. Lay your spirit upon us. Anoint our understanding. Open our faith to a wide floodgate of power. And I pray, Lord God, that you would speak to us individually today and tell us what we can do for your kingdom and what you will supply through our hands if we're willing to open to you. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to give more this year than you've ever given before because God is here. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Now, if you're in this service and the Lord speaks to you to give a million dollars, I probably need you to stand up and shout. <laughs> if he doesn't, try to contain yourself.
But I am a firm believer that God will never tell us more than He can supply. If He was able to feed over 2.5 million Israelites every day for 40 years with one meal that kept them without sickness, disease, faltering, kept the clothes on their backs that it would not rot off, the sandals under their feet that it would not fall apart. If God can do that great happening, what more can He do with the church of 2018? I believe God has brought us to where we are today to propagate the gospel to the entire world. God has blessed us where we in turn can bless the work of God. Amen. And I am so happy to be here with you. Looking forward to this afternoon's service also at Radcliffe. Is it Radcliffe? Huh? Yes, that's what I said. And my God, what I thought today, you know, God can do a miracle in this house of faith promise. And the next thing you know, these will be gone. I believe that, and I'm from outside, folks. My God, I, I would think you all would believe that right now today. And Can we believe that together and bind together in faith? That if we do what God tells us to do today, He's going to take care of this problem. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And uh, as my father would always say, that's not nearly right, that is right. Uh, count it all joy. Somebody got carried away and started writing things on the support beams. Hallelujah. Has anybody got a Sharpie? Somebody got a Sharpie? Somebody write on one of these beams. Gone because of faith promise. Amen. Who's got faith to do that? I know your pastor does, but who out there has faith to write that here today? Come on. Don't be afraid. Sister Lisa, write it down. Hey, we can write. There's more than one pole here. Who wrote the count at all joy? Only a test. There you go. You write on one pole and then let her find her own. Gone because of faith promise. You can do it. Come on. <laughs> Somebody get her a stool. Wait, there's 15 up here. I wondered what those things were in a line. I thought, is that like, you know, putting the fear of God of people? You have to sit here, see how strong your faith is if the roof doesn't fall. Uh, maybe it was... But I see it was for the worship singers. Who have to live in faith every service. <laughs> Did she get it? Are you doing it? Lisa, what are you doing? One word what? Of faith promise. Gone because of faith promise. You can do it, sister. Show her how to do it. God love her. She's still young. <laughs> yeah, she's... She, the article wasn't a problem. It was writing gone because of faith. <laughs> Amen. But I feel a good spirit of the Lord here today, and I really feel like God's going to do an incredible miracle in the midst of this church. And God can do anything. With man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. <clears throat> I want to read from John chapter 4 and verse 19 for what I'm going to speak on for just a little while today. <clears throat> John 4, 19. I want to thank Brother and Sister Dummer for taking such good care of me. My, he has watched out for me this whole weekend. Besides the fact I walked out and left my CPAP machine at home, which anybody that uses a CPAP knows Misery awaits you if you have not the sleeping apparatus that gives you joy to make it through the night. 
Weeping endureth for the night, and joy cometh in the morning. And usually it's about one o'clock in the morning when you're gasping for breath. And I'm thankful that Sister Delmet's dad had a spare. The mask, I'm sorry. You may have duct tape everywhere, I tried my best. But it was leaking air everywhere, and so I was up at 1.30 down at the front desk getting a duct tape roll, because duct tape's supposed to fix everything. It didn't work. But I'm thankful to say I did get enough sleep. Only awoke three times throughout the night, so. Hallelujah. Uh, John 4, verse 19. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is. Everybody say, now is. When the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is the Spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And the woman saith unto Him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When He is come, He will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am He. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, listen to the wording now, what seekest thou or why? Why? Is it up there? Why talk? Everybody say why. Why, why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and saith to the men, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is this not the Christ? They went out of the city and came unto him. How many have children? First word a child ever learns. No. The last word they ever forget? No. But somewhere in the next few years, they come up with a word that irritates the crud out of every mother and every father that walks the face of the earth. Why? Their little inquisitive sponge brains are wanting information they cannot even contain. But yet they always ask the question, why? Now, I'm going to tell you what the why is. So you don't ever have to ask that question again. And when your child says to you, why? You say, because we're trying to reach the lost of the world. And they will look at you very confused. Because they were wondering why the dog had to go outside. <laughs> Jesus, talk to us today. I pray that you would reveal to us the why of this church. Why we are here, why you saved us, why you brought us out of darkness into a marvelous light. And why, Lord, you're redeeming us until the last day. In Jesus' name, turn to your neighbor and say, I want to know why. You may be seated. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So in 1945, the United Pentecostal Church was formed by a merger of oneness organizations. At that time, in 1945, <clears throat> we had 47 missionaries working in nine nations around the world. A total of 240 churches reported outside of North America. In other words, 22% of the churches were on foreign soil at that time. But because of the faithful giving, sending, praying, and going of the North American church, we now have over 295 missionaries, 400 aimers, 50 regional missionaries, over 22,000 national ministers, working in over 220 nations in the world. 
over 35,000 churches and preaching points, 1,806 new churches and preaching points established last year. Five new churches were born every day of the year. Over 300 were baptized in Jesus' name each day of the year. And over 368 received the Holy Ghost every day of the year. Now today, there are over 81% of the United Pentecostal Church churches outside of North America. That's the why of the United Pentecostal Church. To take the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. This is the why She's for Christ was born in the youth division. To put wheels under the feet of the missionaries to go where the lost are. This is the why of Mother's Memorial and Ladies Auxiliary was formed for ladies ministries. To supply missionaries with appliances and Bible school student support which sees foreign students through Bible school because of your simple giving. This is the why of home missions in North America. To build the base of our churches to be able to give and to send and to support missionaries across the world. Everything about this great church is to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know we are the largest oneness organization that is still sending missionaries to the world? Most other organizations, including Trinitarian, have stopped sending because people have lost the why. They have lost the reason the church is here. We can never lose that vision. We can never lose that focus. Why? Because we have the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. The Bible said in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13, Jesus was come of the coast of Caesarea Philippi and said to his disciples, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? Well, then they begin to debate amongst themselves. John the Baptist, Elias, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. The best they could do was put him in line with human prophets. Then Jesus said, Who do you say? And this is the difference between the church and the world. God is not interested in what the world thinks about him, but he is interested in what his children think about him. He is interested in what you know about him and what you say about him. Who do you say? Who do you say Jesus is? When you talk to the world outside, who do you say Jesus is? Is he just another man? Is he just another feel-good person who brings you a entitlement, an entitlement, or a story of, oh, you can be a better you? Or is he the mighty God in Christ, the man who brought you out of darkness into a marvelous light, the one who broke the chains of sin, delivered you from unrighteousness, and brought you into a heavenly, peaceful, joy unto speakable full of glory walkway who is Jesus who is Jesus to you who do you say he is to the children of men Simon Peter said thou art the Christ the son of the living God and Jesus answered and said blessed art thou Simon Barjona for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee but my father which is in heaven in other words the, the vision and the focus and the understanding of who Jesus is is not a physical, mental, carnal thing. It is a spiritual revelation. I remember my mother saying years ago when I was just a kid, she testified of getting a revelation of who Jesus was. She was reading scripture and trying to figure out things. And when she read a certain scripture, something turned in her heart and she saw the revelation of who Jesus Christ was. And from that day forward, her life was never the same. Listen to me, young people. Don't you just follow this because your mom and dad followed this. Don't you just follow this because you like brother and sister Dummett. You follow this because you got a revelation in your heart of who Jesus is. You get that kind of revelation. It doesn't matter who comes or goes. It doesn't matter who stays in or who doesn't stay in. It doesn't matter who backslides and falls by the wayside. You get a revelation of who Jesus is. You're going to follow him all the way to the golden gates.
John 14 and 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Unto myself. That's unto myself. Didn't say unto the three of us. He said unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, no, in the way you know. And all of a sudden Thomas says, Lord, we know not whither the way thou goest. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am. I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In other words, you can't see God without seeing Jesus Christ. Because the only bodily manifestation God ever inhabited was Jesus Christ. So when you see Jesus, you see... I'm going to explain it because it's very simple in the Scripture. The Bible says, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From henceforth, you know him and have seen him. Philip saith, Lord, show us the Father and it will make us satisfied. Jesus said, How long have I been with you, dimwit? Hello? Get a revelation. You have not known who I am? He that has seen me hath... You sang it this morning. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. The fullness of the Godhead. It's all in Him. Oh, it's all. It's all in Him. The mighty God is Jesus. John 10 and 30, I and my Father are, in the original, the word my does not appear. I and Father are, it's a oneness. Colossians 2 and 9, for in Him dwelleth, oh wait a second, I've got to wait for that. Uh, in Him dwelleth a third of the fullness. What? Didn't say a third. How much is all? You give me a bag of M&Ms and say you can have all of them. That means they're mine. Am I right? Yes. That doesn't mean, okay, give me ten of them because I really didn't mean. No, no, you said all. You said they were all mine. The fullness of the Godhead dwelleth in him. All the fullness of the God. And ye are complete in him who is the head of all, prince of all. Everybody say all. Oh, principality and power. There's no one above Him. There is no one like Him. There is no one equal to Him. There is no one that could outdo Him. He has all power in heaven and in earth. He rules supreme. He is the Lord God Almighty. He is the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God. Woo! The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the ending, that which was, which is, which is to come, the Almighty God. Almighty 2 Corinthians 5 17 therefore if any man be in Christ I'm telling you why this church cannot fail to reach the world therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature old things have passed away and behold all I love that word all all things they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God they were all filled they were all filled all things are of God who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, what's it say? God was in Christ reconciling the world. That's why, that's why when Moses said, Shew me thy face, God said, You can't look at me, son. It'll burn you and fry you to death. He said, but I'll show you my hinder parts, the glory of what I have done. And showed Moses at that point the revelation of creation. And Moses was the one that wrote Genesis 1 and 1. How could he do that? Because God showed him who he was and what he had done. That's good preaching, Brother Abner. I don't care what you say. I've always liked Revelation 1, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. After this I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. Not three doors, just one. 
And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, and, and is it up there? And behold, this is verse 2. There you go. And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one set on the throne. One throne, one God. There's only one God up in heaven. The scripture so plainly declares. So if there's three gods up in heaven, they'll have to play musical chairs. <laughs> one God, one God, one God is sufficient for me, not three. One God, one God, one God is sufficient for me. Ephesians 4 and 5. One of my favorite scriptures. One Lord... One, I'm driving this guy crazy with scriptures. <laughs> He's back there like, <laughs> you there? All right, I'm waiting. We got all the time in the world, really. Vision four and five. Is it in your Bible? I'm waiting. Help him out, brother. Is it there? Oh my Lord! What it says, because I know you can't see it from there. Hey, there it is. It says one Lord, one faith, one, 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 one way to God. Oh, there's one, 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 one way to God. Oh, there's one, 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 one way to God. Baptized in Jesus' name. Through the water and the Spirit. There's one way to God. Through the water and the Spirit. There's one way to God. Through the water and the Spirit. There's one way to God. Baptized in Jesus. One of these songs is going to stick in your head all week long. You'll be at work saying, Oh dear God, never. Can't get that that thing out of my head. This is the why, Brother Dummett. We have the gospel message that sets men's soul free from sin. See, we don't, we don't preach a gospel repeat after me. We don't, because it's not after me, it's after him. We don't preach a gospel of, oh, oh, you can feel better about yourself. You're worth a whole lot more. The devil doesn't know how good you really are. I'll have you know the devil knows more about you than probably you know about yourself. And that's why he's able to manipulate this generation. But I'm here to tell you the one who knows all things about you wants you saved, wants you delivered, and wants you ready to walk on streets of gold. He told Nicodemus, except a man be born again of the water and the spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus trying still to think carnal, how can a man be born again? Can he enter the second time? Everybody knows this can't happen. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born. Uh, you know why you need the Holy Ghost? Because Romans chapter 8 says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, if it dwell in you, shall quicken your mortal bodies from mortal to immortal. Friend, if you're going to get out of this old world, you better be full of the Holy Ghost and ready and waiting for when Jesus comes. Peter preached this message on the day of Pentecost when they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you, to your children. Unto all. This is what's great about this gospel. It's not about color. It's not about creed. It's not about social standing. It's not about family or heredity. It's about whosoever will. Let him come he died for everyone and you can have his salvation today before you leave this house oh let's lift our hands and thank God for a great salvation 
Hallelujah. Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. His purpose was to meet a woman at a well and to open her eyes to a message of salvation because she would turn her city upside down. One woman who was irreproved. One woman who had been married too many times and was living with a man that was not her husband. One woman that snuck down to the well at a time when nobody else was supposed to be there, let alone a Jew. One half-breed, half-breed Samaritan. And the Jew leaning against the well presented to her a water where she'd never thirst again. See, this is why the disciples had such a hard time with this. Because they didn't think the Samaritans were worthy of what Jesus had to offer. And that's the problem with churchianity today. You have to fit a certain mold. But in the church of Jesus Christ, you don't have to come as a mold. You come just as you are. And He accepts everybody who comes to Him needing Him. You may feel like a square person trying to fit in a round hole, but Jesus has a way of molding you and making you. Said, Brother Abernathy, I don't, I don't know. You don't know what I've done. Yeah, but he does. Said, well, Brother Abernathy, I, I've dabbled in drugs. <laughs> he dabbled in blood. Brother Abernathy, I'm a chain smoker. He's a chain savior. Brother Abernathy, I'm addicted to alcohol. Yeah, he's got an addiction for you. That'll wake you up in the middle of the night with a smile on your face. This salvation can change your ever-living life for eternity. Now, I, everybody that ever talks about me, everybody that talks to me talks very nice. But when they get away from me, <clears throat> they tend to say Abernathy's a little, he's just a little off kilter. His bubble's not quite in the middle. I'll tell you, my bubble's right in the middle. <laughs> Perfectly level. And round is a shape. <clears throat> But I grew up, you just have to understand, I'm going to tell you about the why in my life, okay? Why, why I feel like I do. I was raised by a father who first off was a home missionary. He started the church in Titusville, Florida. They are celebrating 50 years in Titusville. They own a whole city block. They own half of a street up the other side of housing that they're repairing to offer to people who are not able to find housing and they own a whole other area that they're planning on building another large auditorium on the corner. Now I'll tell you how this all happened. My dad went to Titusville, Florida and there was nothing there. We started church in a little storefront in Baldwin Plaza. It was all glass across the back. One door that was in the corner. So my mom put big burgundy curtains all the way across the wall of it. And so when you came in the door, the curtains closed behind it, and all it looked like was a wall of burgundy curtain. Very heavy. So one night, and this you have to understand, this was home missions. There was uh, one upright piano against the wall, three accordions, six guitars, and 500 tambourines. <laughs> there were bells ringing everywhere. Of course, every time you would hide a tambourine, they'd go buy another one because tambourines are cheap. <laughs> so we got to rocking and rolling in the church, you know, and having Holy Ghost outpouring and trazzle floor people. And it, that was back when women used to wear their hair. Some of you don't have a clue about this. 
But women used to build their hair up. Some of you gray-headed women are waving your hand at me right here. You know what I'm talking about. That's when you cut an oatmeal box in half and put it up in there and built your hair around it to make it look like you had more hair than you really did. They came out finally in the latter days with a thing called a rat. And it was hose stuffed with cotton or whatever. And they would put that in there because it was soft and it could be hidden easier. And then it took 10 pounds of hairspray, <laughs> prell, whatever, to hold it into place. Now, I have read that there is a hole in the ozone layer <laughs> and it's from hairspray. Is that right? Don't be afraid of that. That's the hole Jesus is going to rapture the church out of. <clears throat> we won't have to break through the ozone. He'll just take us out of the hairspray hole. <laughs> and it seemed like the only reason they put their hair up that high and bobby pins and hairpins everywhere was to shake it down when they got to church. Now, I can't do that much anymore. I had surgery on my neck. I've got like from C1 all the way to T2 is uh, titanium. So I'm like... Terminator, whatever. So when I do my head like that, I get all dizzy. <laughs> but women used to come in and shake their hair down, and rats would fall out, and other women would sidle up to it, pick it up, stuff it in their purse, and say, just love Jesus. <laughs> so we got going that night, you know. Uh, Fold-up chairs, trazo floor, a lot of noise. Everything was echoing. And this woman had come in. She had a mink stole on. She was made up to beat the band. And she had, very expensive, her, her, everything was just decked. And I thought, oh my. I was scared and I was a kid. I lived with them. And so when they got to shouting, she got nervous. Well, she had come in and didn't identify which, where the door was. So when she tried to get out, she was going down the curtain and going back across like a dog swimming sideways. Finally, frustration hit her and she turned around and screamed, Somebody help me get out of here! And there's always enough carnal people in the church that hear those kind of things. And there was a carnal lady sitting on the back said, It's over here. She was wishing she could go with her, but no, she didn't. We moved out to a church that was a Palmetto church. It was a church that was like a V, and the pulpit was in the corner. And when you preached, you preached to both sides. We had the first unisex bathroom in Pentecost because there was only one bathroom. So it was what it was. But I remember during those times we had to sell Krispy Kreme donuts, peanut brittle, chicken dinners, lollipops, we sold them for the kingdom of God. We sold Krispy Kreme donuts at every rocket shop. I saw every Apollo go off. I did. And I really didn't see it. I saw it out of the corner of my eye while I was selling donuts. But I remember when we got left with a few boxes, Dad sweatshopped us boys. We were just nothing but little worker bees. And he would take us up and down streets of neighborhoods. This was, we got up before daybreak knocking on trailers. And by the time we got to houses, it was still 6.30, 7 o'clock. And so I knocked on this one door. This huge guy in a robe and probably a hangover came to the door. He was madder than a hornet. He started saying words I've never heard in my life. I don't know that I've ever heard him since then. But he just, he, he gave me the right act in colorful words that burned my ears. And so I was so scared. He said, what do you want, kid? I said, sad donut for Jesus. I don't want any of your sticking donuts. And don't wake me up like this again. So I turned around in fear, shaking. I thought I, thought I was dead. Walked down halfway down the driveway and I heard the door open behind me. I said, he's going to shoot me in the back. I'm going to give my life for Jesus and donuts right now. He said, hey, kid. Yeah. He said, come here. He had a $20 bill in his hand. He threw it at me. I said, here's your donuts. It's the most expensive donuts in that, at that time. We were selling them for like 50 cents a dozen. That's when you could get them for 25 cents a dozen. So you made double the money. So I'm trying to hand him his donuts. I don't want any sticking donuts. Just take your money and leave. So when I got to the car, 
I told Dad we can quit. He gave me 20 bucks at over and almost killed me. My dad said, isn't that the blessings of God, son? Now we can sell these other donuts and it's all profit. We raised $1,000, Brother Dummy. My dad brought a duplex building for $1,000 down from a man. And he said, it's yours, Reverend. My dad said, well, we'll try to pay you. The guy's eyes got big. He said, what? He just got $1,000 and we didn't have any more money. We were dead in the water. And the next day, my dad had us out there with hammers, busting out windows, doors, and tearing the whole roofing system down. You say, he's crazy. He had no money. Yeah, that's right. But by the time he got the roofing system down, somebody gave him two-by-fours to build his own trusses. And we held them. My dad built them. We shoved them up the side of the walls. And my dad set them. While he's setting those trusses, a man pulled by and saw the hand-painted sign my mom had put on, Calvary Tabernacle, United Pentecostal Church of Titusville. And he said to Dad, you got anybody to help you finish that roof? My dad said, no. He said, I'll be back in a few minutes. He came back with four sons at a roofing company. Oh, it gets better. Everything my dad used was from the junkyard. We went and backed nails out of old pieces of wood and we spent the day on top of concrete straightening nails out and putting them in five-gallon buckets because that's the nails my dad used to build the church with. So when his sons got there to put the plywood on the roof, he gave them these nails. And I remember the biggest one of them. He got, every time he'd hit it, it'd bend because they were already used. He got madder in a hornet, threw his apron down, went down the ladder, got in his truck, and I mean, burned rubber, leaving. And my dad said, I'm sorry, but we just don't have the, and his dad looked at my dad and smiled and said, don't worry, I know what he's doing. And he come back with boxes of brand new names. <laughs> they paid for that roof. Brother Vitito came down when my dad was up there and we were handing him shingles. And Brother Vitito said, I'll help you finish this roof if you'll take me deep sea fishing. He helped my dad finish the roof that day. The next day, dad took him deep sea fishing and Brother Vitito caught one of the biggest sow groupers I've ever seen in my life. Don't tell me faith promise don't work. You're crazy. We built that church with nothing. I'll never forget it. We got bricks from the old courthouse they tore down and us boys were out there throwing bricks into the back of a pickup truck and dad would take them to the church and then we'd sit there with masonry hammers chipping off concrete. Where, and when we chipped it off, we handed it to him and he laid the walls until that brick is still part of that old original building. And just about the time we got 89 people, 90 people coming regular to church. It was a self-supporting church. My dad hauls me into the office one day. He's always had a map of Africa underneath glass on top of his desk. He said, where do you want to go? And I pointed to Tanzania, and he said, that's where God's called us. We met the board in 1973. They appointed us to South Africa. I looked for Tarzan for years. He does not exist. <laughs> There are monkeys and there are elephants, but I did not find Tarzan. But I found a lot of hungry people. And I watched my dad. Well, no, I didn't. I helped my dad build Bible schools and churches. And that's what put it so deep in my heart. I will never be the same again. You will never question me about what this church is about. It is about the why of thousands of souls that received the Holy Ghost and were baptized in Jesus' name because of a call and the reasoning of this church to send missionaries to the entire world. Let's stand. That church today is pastored by a boy that was not born at the time the church was born. His mother was a Catholic from Cuba refugee. She was coming by the church pregnant with Jody. My mother witnessed to her. She got the Holy Ghost. We baptized her in Jesus' name. She kept telling my dad, you've got to come talk to my husband. He doesn't want to meet you, but he has to. When dad knocked on the door, Joel Wells came to the door. He was a backslider from his dad, a preacher in Florida. My dad recognized him immediately and said, Joel, 
what are you doing? He started crying. He said, Brother Abernathy, I knew if you came, I couldn't say no. And he said, that's why I've hit out. Joel Wells is an elder in that church today on the board. He just turned 70 years old the other day. His son is the pastor of the church in Titusville, Florida. That church is running well over 400 this day. And every time I go there, I remember. I remember why. What drove my dad to work a job all day long and then come home and work on the church. I know why he had three sons. Because he needed workers. But I also know that all three of us are ordained ministers in the United Pentecostal Church. My brother Mark pastors a church in Martinsville, Indiana, and my other brother has been a missionary over 39 years in Zambia. You can't rip this out of me. It's in my DNA. It's so deep in me they'd have to split cells to get it out of my system. I love this church and I love this gospel and I love the reason we are here. And I love the fact that every church like this that gives, souls are born into the kingdom and ready to meet Jesus. So I want you now to take that card in your hand. God, I pray it spoke to your heart during this. And I want you to write the amount He's laid on your heart. Hear me, folks. You can't outgive God. I said you can't outgive God. He'll give it back. I can tell you countless stories, and I'm, which I'm sure you've heard. If you had Brother Lehman, you've heard stories of miracles that God has done by faith promise alone. And I can tell you many stories that God has done. I remember a church in Dallas, Texas. The pastor said, we're sort of locked at 90-some-thousand, $98,000 a year. And he said, I really want to break that this year. I said, well, God, I, I tell you what. I said, let's believe God to double. And he just stared at me. I said, no, I really believe that God is a dual or a double portion God. And I said, let's just believe God for that. And so I got up and preached about the double portion. That Elisha felt the mantle one time slide across his shoulders. Not a word from Elijah, just the mantle sliding across his shoulders. And from that time on, he killed his oxen and had a barbecue and burned the implements of farming to where he could do nothing to turn back to but to follow after the Spirit of God. And when he got to the other side of Jordan, he said, I want a double portion of your Spirit. And God let the same mantle that was on Elijah fall down on the shoulders of Elisha. And Elisha had 14 miracles, and Elijah had seven. Hear me now. This is the God that I serve. He died at 13 miracles. They threw him in a sepulcher. His bones were bleached. And one day, three Jews were coming by who had been in battle, and their middle friend died. They had nowhere to put him, so they rolled the stone back on the sepulcher of Elisha and threw his dead body in on top of the bones. And the Bible said when his body touched the bones. It's in our DNA, folks. When his body touched the bones of that old prophet, God was as good as his word. And he came back to life in 14 miracles. You hear me, church. This wall is nothing but bones that God can turn around and make a miracle out of. Would you lift your hands and say, Lord, what I give today, I give to your kingdom in Jesus' name. Lay it on my heart right now before we come to this altar. Lay it on my heart right now, God, deep and heavy within me. My DNA is your spirit, your blood, your name. And I'm bringing to you what you have put on my heart in Jesus' name for this last day, for your kingdom. Now I want you to come and bring your gift with you. I just want you to lay it on this altar. Just come and stand across this altar and lay your faith promise card on the altar. You know why? Because God has the ability to increase... Everybody come. Even if you don't have a faith promise card, please come. Let's stand across the front. This is our altar service, so you're gonna go you're gonna go home after the Holy Ghost works you over here for just a few minutes. We're serving a great God that can do anything. If you need the Holy Ghost today, you're in a good atmosphere to receive the Holy Ghost. If you need healing today, you're in the right place.
Jesus Christ is here in a mighty way. He'll heal your body. You need chains broken, He'll melt them away. You need addictions taken out of your life, my God will not only take that addiction out, but He'll put His addiction back into you. He'll make you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Just come on. I want everybody to have a chance to be up here. Hallelujah. He said, my gift's too small. Uh -uh. Nothing's too small that God can't use. And God can't make a miracle out of it. You watch what God will do with the com combination of all of us working together for the glory of His kingdom. Watch what He's going to do. Now we're going to commit it to Him. And we're going to say, Lord, take what I've given and what my brothers and sisters are laying at this altar right now as a commitment to You and Your kingdom. We know the why. We want to reach brothers and sisters in this city. You hear me. As you do this, God opens the windows of heaven on this church. And you're going to see souls born into this church that you didn't even witness to. Simply because He is God. And He honors His Word. <laughs> Lay your hand on your neighbor. Let's pray for one another right now in the name of Jesus. Let's just begin to seek the face of the Lord. Jesus, give us a miracle in this house today. Jesus, let healing flow in this house today. I plead Your blood right now, Lord. Let deliverance flow in this house today. In the name of Jesus, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. Come on, let's lift our voices. Let's not be afraid of this. God bless my neighbor. God bless my brother. God bless my sister. God touch them right now. They may have a need you don't know about, but Jesus knows right now. In the name of Jesus, let Your Spirit flow. In the name of Jesus, let the unction of the Holy Ghost flow in this. Fill some soul with the Holy Ghost here today, Jesus. We surrender to You, Lord. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. Seek His face. Call on His name. Call on His name. worship Him a little while. The Holy Ghost is moving right now. Oh God, I 